This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm food editor Aaron Bookie, and I host our food podcast at the Dallas Morning News called Eat Drink DFW. Each week, we're dropping a segment of the show right here in this feed. If you want to hear the full show and make sure you never miss an episode, then just search for Eat Drink DFW wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links for it at dallasnews.com slash listen. Happy eating. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll be talking with Brandon Friedman of Rock Santi. But right now, I'm joined by food writer Claire Baller and restaurateur Tanner Agar, owner of Rye and Apothecary on Lower Greenville. Claire, you wrote last week about what Rye and Apothecary are doing. And we got a lot of feedback on that from readers and diners. Claire, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so not long after the holidays, I think right on basically New Year's Eve, you guys announced that you were adding a 3% charge that mm-hmm. was going to um, fully go to providing employee benefits for your employees, which is something that you had been wanting to do for a long time. And now was finally the time you were able to make this change for not just Ryan Apothecary, but any future concepts that you guys may have. This caught my attention. It caught Aaron's attention too. I mean, we don't see this kind of thing that often in Dallas. And so it was definitely noteworthy for us. And um, we were eager to talk to you about it. So we wrote about it and got quite a lot of feedback. And I have heard that you did too. So we wanted to have you on to talk about it. So first, can you just tell us an overview of, of what exactly this is that you guys decided to do and why? For sure. So what we're doing is at the end of every dining experience, we have added a 3% charge to every ticket, which supports our employee health and benefits fund. That benefit fund provides major medical insurance. It provides paid time off. It provides a list of other benefits that goes directly to the team. We don't keep any of it. In fact, we have to pay more out of our own pockets in order to provide for it. It's the way we're financing our employee health and benefits. We haven't raised prices to go along with it. This is the only thing we've done. And we've told anyone who wants to opt out that they can do so. So how many employees do you have total? This will cover about 20 people because you have to be full-time to qualify for the health insurance. Other benefits uh, that aren't health insurance and paid time off those would qualify for anybody who's in the restaurant, regardless of how many hours you work. And so what kind of response have you received so far from employees and then also from customers? Yeah. So firstly, the employees have loved it. This is the very first time a lot of these people have been offered paid time off or have been offered medical insurance. Maybe people don't know this, but restaurants are not a place to go for those kinds of benefits. I personally... I own the restaurant. I haven't had health insurance either. In fact, this is the first employer who's offered me health insurance. I haven't had health insurance since 2014. That's what we're trying to do is try to do something new and make a change in this industry. When we rolled this out to our team, they loved it. When we rolled it out on our social media platforms. Everyone loved it. It's our number one performing post that we've made on Instagram all year long. 
Wow. The shares, the comments, they're all incredibly positive. It wasn't until a week later when someone ran it in their newspaper <laughs> that we started getting trolled. <laughs> Oops. No, so we really appreciate you sharing the message. Obviously, we wanted to get it out there, but it's interesting to me that everybody who was a part of our ecosystem loved it. Right. And a lot of the feedback we're getting or the people trolling us on our Google reviews, we've looked in our system and based on their comments and also our data, these are people who aren't even eating at Rye who are hating this program. So that's something where we look at it and say, do we do this wrong? I would say no, because the people who eat at rye seem to like it. Okay. So maybe we can jump into some of the responses that we received um, and then give you a chance to respond and kind of explain to the people who we've heard from who, who are confused by this, who don't seem to understand why this would be a decision that you'd make and why it's quote unquote fair to put this cost onto diners. Here's one. I think it's terrible. The tipping system in this country pushes the burden of taking care of employees off the employees and onto the whims of customers. The 3% surcharge is just a price increase. I believe people will take it out of the tip. What's your response to that? Do you do you think that people will do that? That they'll see this 3% charge and say, okay, well then I'm going to tip less than I was planning to? So that's one of the things we were really concerned about when we put this together. And we tried to be really intentional about how we rolled it out and think about the ways people would push back. To that end, people have threatened to do that. And yes, I only have eight days worth of data, but that hasn't happened at all so far. Not a single one of my staff has come to me and said, I'm getting penalized because of this program. So perhaps that will happen. We have a lot more services that we're going to roll out. But so far, the public doesn't mind it, nor are they penalizing the servers because of it. Well, okay. So here's another, here's another one for you. Providing benefits is a cost of doing business and it should not be listed as a separate line item on a customer's receipt. What's next? A line item for equipment replacement or remodeling? Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of a Google review we got. Okay. <laughs> Might be the same person. <laughs> yeah, maybe the same guy. Okay. So first of all, if you buy anything from any corporation, which provides benefits, you paid for those benefits. It doesn't make sense to me to say it's not your responsibility to pay for it when you are paying for it from everyone else except for us. Right. And it's just a matter of how you are seeing that cost, right? And I think that's that's what is really grinding people's gears here for some reason is it being an itemized cost with a purpose attached to it. Right. The purpose being that, quote, someone wrote this on our Google reviews that we are servants. So apparently mm. as servants, we don't deserve to get to take vacation like you. We don't deserve to get to see a doctor like you do. Wow. Are you kidding me? That's brazen. That's what you want to say. This is your soapbox. The big thing you want to stand up and fight the man on is restaurant employees seeing a doctor, which by the way, is A, a good thing for you so you don't get sick when you dine with us, and B, it's an optional charge. It says that on the signs posted in our restaurant. It says it on our website. If you scan the QR code on our menu to see the whole policy, it says that you can opt out. People are roasting us over something they don't have to participate in. Instead, we could have raised our prices 5%, told no one, and pocketed all the money. Is that what you want? Is that better? That's a great question. And as you know, and as we have covered in the past, is that there are restaurant operators who pad their bottom lines with charges like this that are said to be used for employees and then not really, it's not really done in a very transparent way. You made the decision to be very transparent. So it's just kind of interesting that 
there is the pushback that there is. Yeah. And a lot of the criticism of, has been that this is not transparent and it's a hidden fee. And it's like, no, no the, it's the says- point <laughs> is that it's telling you what it's going to. Yeah. I but- appreciate that. Cause that was our whole point. That was one of our major points was this can't be something that just shows up on your tab all of a sudden. Right. I don't understand how I can make it more transparent <laughs> than talk to the newspaper, put it everywhere, teach all of my staff what it stands for and how to explain it to people. And then be in the restaurant in person myself to explain it to anyone who has actually come to Ryan Apothecary and finds themselves confused by the policy. So I'll read you one more of these negative ones, and then I have a, I have a positive one okay, for you. Because this kind of feels like mean tweets. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one says, I think this is a terrible idea, and I hope that restaurants don't pick this up as a thing. Consumers are tired of being surcharged and feed to death. Basically, this is a deceptive trade practice. No employee is going to provide any different service because of the 3% markup. At the end of the day, just tell us the price of the thing so we can pay that or not. Don't hide the ball behind fees and surcharges. Everyone is tired of tip culture gone amok, yet we are all just forced, fed it, and expected to be okay with it. To address both their points, just tell us the price and we'll pay it or not. Fantastic. So it's the price plus 3%. (laughs) There you go. I solved that problem for you. Um, I thought the math was pretty clear. Again, you could opt out and then the price would be just the price with no surcharge. So it's really up to you. And I'm pretty sure we're the only restaurant in the city of Dallas that has an it's up to you charge. However, moving on to their other point, I didn't invent the tipping culture in America and I can't change it unless we go to no tip at all, which some restaurants have done. And then sure, we could just tell you that it's a 22% fee to eat here and that's our service and charge and that's everything. You don't get to choose what you want to tip. That's the fee. So that would be one option. We're not going to do that because we still think the guest should have agency in deciding how much the service was worth. But to their other point, if you think people aren't going to do a better job when they have health insurance and paid time off, then I'm sure you should go talk to your employer and tell them that you no longer require any vacation or any health insurance, but you won't be having any difference in your performance. I'm sure your boss would love to hear that. You talked about this um, with me when I interviewed you for this story, was that even if you just look at it purely from the point of a selfish perspective, wouldn't you prefer to be served by people who can go to a doctor and get medicine if they're sick. They're not standing there in front of you, unable to receive basic health treatment like that. And people who are able to take some time off every now and then to visit with family and friends and probably be happier when they're standing in front of you too. Like it's just kind of an interesting thing to think that there's no benefit to that. It is benefit. And especially when you come to places like ours, which are built around people, And it's built around the way that they talk to you, the way that they serve you, and their creativity for what they create. How are we supposed to be able to serve at the highest level and create at the highest level if we're burned out, sick, and miserable? And why why do you want to eat at a restaurant where everyone is burned out, sick, and miserable? Why is that the world that you want to help create? Well, on that note, I I mean, I think it's fitting that we talk about Noma. I'm sure you saw the news that Noma, um, which has been declared in the past the top restaurant in the world in Copenhagen, is closing. And the chef behind it has said that this model, this ultra fine dining model, it doesn't work. And he has said that out right now and is closing the restaurant because this model doesn't work. If the number one most creative chef in the entire world can't figure it out, I'm so sorry I couldn't figure it out either. 
I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm not Renee Redzepi. I really wish I was. But the problem that people aren't really thinking is that this is the future. Every restaurant will tell you they can't find anyone to apply for jobs. Four people walked in on Friday after you ran your article and asked us if we were hiring. Wow. I haven't had more than one person walk in any individual day of the entire last year that I can recall. And four people unsolicited came in asking for jobs. People do care about this. My team cares about this. And what's going to happen is we're going to make this move and our team is going to do a better job. Or what's going to happen is when I go to hire, I'm going to be able to get a better person. And my restaurant's going to be better. Our team is going to do a better job. We will create a stronger community, which makes the dining experience better, which will make us busier, which means my team will have benefits and amazing pay and a great environment. That's going to enable us to grow. But it's going to enable other restaurateurs who come to me because they're already texting me that- <laughs> Like to see how it's going so far? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, because this is the thing everybody talks about maybe we should mm. do. It's easy to drink too many beers and say, we're going to add on this fee and no one's going to care. But they do care. Uh, they care a lot, it turns out. <laughs> um, although I will say a shout out to a lot of our guests who also care as much in the complete opposite direction. Mm -hmm. I had a great note I can show you of someone who said, we read the article, we're here because of this fee, this is what we believe in, the food was amazing, we can't wait to come back. It's a very polarizing thing, and it's easy to focus on this negative, but for the other restaurateurs who might be listening, I have people praising us and telling us they've come to the restaurant or will come to the restaurant for the very first time because this is something they believe in. Too many people left food service during COVID, and the only way to solve that is to better take care of those people or turn all of our restaurants into robots. And yeah. we're obviously not going to be doing that, especially in Dallas, where we are growing like crazy with doctors and lawyers and technology and finance and oil. We're not growing with chefs and servers and bartenders, mm -hmm. meaning we've got to prize and reward the ones we have. Okay, well, I promised that I'd give you one positive one. So I'll read this one to you oh, thank <laughs> quickly. God. So this, this woman wrote in and she said, I feel that what Rye and Apothecary has done is a good decision. If the proceeds from the 3% charge go to the wait staff and kitchen staff in its entirety, I certainly would have no problem dining in a place that uses up that charge to improve the quality of life issues for their employees. Those people need to enjoy the types of benefits and perks that are found in other employment arenas. This approach seems much more reasonable than those establishments that are forcing upon patrons a required gratuity of 15% or higher. I haven't been to Rye or Apothecary yet, but we would not let that 3% charge stop us. If someone can drop $150 on dinner for two, then $4.50 doesn't seem like a lot. Thank you. <laughs> you should email that person and copy me because I would love to buy them a drink. <laughs> this is my favorite email so far. <laughs> Thanks, Tanner. Stick around. We're going to talk with Rakazan Tea founder Brandon Friedman, and then we'll hear from some of our listeners about their big plans for 2023. Eat, drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.